Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Hey ho, let's go. This is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I am the host of Noise Filter. Thank you so much for tuning in every day, and thank you so much for all of your kind comments and remarks that you sent to us. If you do enjoy this podcast, we ask that you leave us a rating or a review. It's the best way for other folks to be able to find us at Noise Filter. Dr. Griggs is not with us today, as he is taking a well-deserved day off, and so I am flying solo. So let's get started. Vermont's progress against the opioid crisis impacted by COVID pandemic. Now, the opioid crisis has been a long-standing issue in the U.S. for a while now, and it's one of the main issues concerning public health officials before the pandemic because they were making some progress. Unfortunately, that progress is at a standstill amid the pandemic, and we've actually fallen a little behind a bit. At least 40 states have reported increases in opioid-related deaths this year, and there's a huge new demand across the country for Narcan. That's that drug that helps to treat overdoses uh, by opioids. Now, Vermont has had a very tough time battling opioid abuse for years now. The state had worked to expand access to treatment, and that resulted in a decrease in opioid-related deaths in Vermont for the first time in 2014. But there were 82 opioid overdoses last July, compared to 60 uh, in July of 2019. So Vermont's Wyndham County is a troubling example. Authorities there responded to 10 overdose calls in the first three months of the year, but by August they were responding to five times as many as those calls. The COVID-19 crisis does, in a way, intersect with the opioid crisis in a lot of ways. For example, access to care and treatment has been curtailed as hospitals scramble to accommodate COVID-19 patients. Lockdowns and isolation can impact mental health and may also contribute to the rise in opioid use. Now, there's a lot of stigma attached to addiction treatment as well. And difficulty in accessing treatment can magnify that problem. Maintaining a job, staying engaged can be key to the recovery process. But the unemployment crisis and social isolation can make those very difficult. Neither COVID-19 nor the opioid crisis are going to go away anytime soon. But public health officials need to remain focused on both. We need to continue to look for innovative solutions to care in order to get the country back on the right track. Did nursing homes receive a gift or a problem? That's a great line. What was supposed to be a relief quickly became frustration for nursing home operators. Because, you see, the New York Times reports that many of them are now overwhelmed by the financial and bureaucratic demands of a new federal testing program. Now, you see, the administration had sent rapid machines to 14,000 nursing homes, but the machines came with unexpected costs, unmanageable reporting rules, and accuracy concerns. 
Now, you see, the, the nursing homes had felt the full force of the pandemic, totaling more than 77,000 of the COVID-19 deaths. That's roughly 40% of the nation's total fatalities. Many nursing homes are seeing positivity rates of 5 to 10% or higher. Remember, we want those to be less than 5%. Now, these handheld rapid testing devices are supposed to give results in as little as 15 minutes. Now, theoretically, that works for quick identification and isolation of COVID patients. The tests were supposed to be free, but nursing homes are finding themselves having to pay $32 for each additional testing kit, and those facilities can run through hundreds of tests a week. Complex new federal reporting rules are a heavy burden, too. The federal rules include weekly tests on all employees and residents. There are also fines that are levied for failure to follow reporting guidelines. Finally, health policy experts are sounding the alarm. One told the Times that policymakers must focus on fixing financial problems and staff shortages at nursing homes. All of these pressures are forcing some nursing homes to drop the quick tests and fall back on lab-based diagnoses. But they cost much more, and they will take more time to give results. Pandemic setting back gender equity in the workplace. Now, a quarter of women are considering leaving the workforce or even scaling back on their career aspirations, a joint study by the consulting firm McKinsey & Company and the advocacy group LeanIn.org. And they found that pandemic pressures on women are to blame. Now, the issue these women face is essentially burnout. On one hand, working mothers are three times more likely than working fathers to handle housework and childcare, and that's even more for women of color. Now, on the other hand, almost half of women in senior leadership roles, they told researchers they feel like they always need to be, quote-unquote, always on, both at work and at home. And the study finds that for every 100 men who get promoted at work, just 85 women do. And that drops to 58% for black women and 71% for Hispanic women. Yikes. <laughs> now, women make up 47% of the U.S. labor force, but they count for 54% of pandemic-related job losses. All this threatens the progress made in gender equity in all aspects, including pay, professional ranks, and promotions. The businesses that women are working for, now they're hurting too. The Wall Street Journal points to research linking gender diversity at work to more innovation and better financial performance. Now listen, mothers and fathers have had to juggle careers in childcare, and women just have more plates that are spinning in the air. They have more responsibilities, especially in the middle of a pandemic. So the advocates at Lean In are calling for big investments to support working parents, like we're talking about more flexible schedules and normalizing work-from-home solutions. Now, there were some perks for some women during the pandemic. Those with older children actually found it easier to start new businesses that they never had time or flexibility to do so in the past. And many employers say, hopefully, that remote work options will boost gender and racial diversity. But putting the strain on women and parents at home and at the office isn't fair, and it certainly isn't healthy. At Noise Filter, we will definitively continue to follow this story. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. 
Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.